So she's listening, you're listening. All of a sudden she heard this huge noise, like this so loud. And she's like, what's that, you know? And the roof of the temple fell in <laughs> while we were If you're like me, you have a heart for missions and may have already done some missions work yourself. But you also see some huge issues in the way missions are being done. Like, why are we still sending out monthly newsletters in a digital age when technology allows for instant updates in the palm of your hand? Or why are we convinced that we need to raise two years support before going when all 12 disciples dropped what they were doing and walked away? Or why are we allowing denominations to decide who can and cannot go do what God is calling them to do just because of things they've done in their past? And at what point did we brand following Christ to be a life of scarcity and sacrifice when it's truly a life of abundance and privilege? These are some of the blaring questions in the missions world today. Watch Missions Live is here to reshape the way you see missions. It's time for missionaries to rise up, create a shift in perspective, a change, a revolution in the way things are done and give you the real story. One of abundance, fulfillment, and privilege. My name is Aaron Jennings, and welcome to Watch Missions Live. Hey everybody, this is Aaron with Watch Missions Live, and today we've got Danny and Tan in Thailand doing music ministry, and we're going to talk Danny's story today. Introduce yourself, guys. Okay. I'm Danny Brown. I'm from uh, Lawton, Oklahoma in the United States. Uh, I've been with YWAM about 27 years now, uh, and I work here in Thailand full-time. Uh, My name is Tan. You can call me, uh, most uh, like American call me Tan, Western call yeah. me Tan, so, but actually Tan, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I grew up Buddhist, so I became Christian in uh, 1997, uh, yeah, when I came to study in Bangkok, so. Okay. I, I know the Lord uh, through YVM ministry, so. Okay. In 1997, yeah. Since then, I, and then 2001, I did my discipleship training school. And since then, I joined them full time. So. <laughs> awesome. And we actually met you guys when we were in Thailand. That's where yeah, we were. Years ago. Yep, eight years ago. We met at, the, mm -hmm. uh, at the, the YWAM as Youth with a Mission. I talked about this in one of the episodes, but I like to make sure people understand. YWAM is just the initials. Y-W-A-M. <laughs> with a mission. We just say it YWAM real fast. Yeah, uh, and they're not all, and there's a lot of old people in Youth with a Mission, too. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's not just youth with a mission. It's everybody with a mission. Right, right. <laughs> but we stayed at the guest house there in Bangkok, and that's how we met. And we've just been going back and forth and visiting you every time we come through now. Yeah, yeah. So, Danny, tell me about... Um, how, what's your ministry? What are you doing there? Tell us about what you're doing and, and where exactly you are. Okay, so uh, what we're doing right now is uh, we focus on developing music, worship music, and encouragement, uh, music that's encouraging uh, Christian music uh, in the Thai language, uh, written in the language, recorded uh, for the Thai people to enjoy. Uh, because a lot of times when things are translated, uh, it doesn't translate well. So there's much more, when you have something written in their language, in your own language, uh, it speaks to the heart. Uh, whereas the translation, sometimes it can be kind of iffy, kind of sketchy. Sometimes it's really good, but sometimes it's sketchy. So 
there's just something about your own language, the way you express yourself, your idioms that uh, is special. And uh, each culture has its own, uh, what God has put into that culture in a special way for them to express in worship. So we want to bring that out, out as well. So we do Thai language. We do uh, Northeastern style uh, music. We also do Aka Hill Tribe. We're wanting to do other languages in the future as well. So we focus on that and going out and leading worship and leading people into deeper uh, times of worship with the Lord uh, to, so they can be impacted by the Holy Spirit in those times. And training. Yeah, and training. Training young people to be worshipers, disciples, yeah, them to be a, a better musician and yeah, different thing with sound system as well. So also. Yeah. yeah, because also you guys are bringing people up in the ministry that you're doing, and then they actually have an opportunity to come right in and, and work with you, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so. yeah, which is kind of the way it's supposed to be. Make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? So, so you yeah. guys are in yeah. Bangkok. Yeah, we even disciple people that aren't even musicians, really. So just whoever God brings along. So yeah. they'll right. stay with us for a while, and then they may go on and do something else. So yeah. Right. Some people stay with us one year. Some people are like two years, three years, and they go do another thing. So after that, so yeah. Right. And then, how did you get into this, Danny? Because I know you went YWAM and everything, but did you go with the intention of doing music, or is this something that developed? Okay. Uh, originally, I did study music in university. I did music ministry in the states for many years uh, till I was twenty-seven. After that, I'd gone back to university to finish, and uh, for the first time, didn't really have anything out there. So I prayed about it. God led me to YWAM. Uh, I did a discipleship training school with YWAM in Australia, and the Lord led me to Thailand while I was in the school there. So when I got here, I first, I was totally open. I, I didn't lay the music down, but I always had a heart of worship. But I just said, whatever, God. I also had a heart for young people, and so the uh, God opened doors for me to be able to work with a student ministry and start a student ministry here in the Bangkok, in the Eastern Bangkok area at a university here. So I did that at first. And as we started doing that uh, and I started learning the language was when I became aware of the situation about the worship music and not having much worship music written in Thai language. So at that point, we started leading worship on our student ministry once a week. Uh, you know, as people became more involved, and, and Don is one example, he became a Christian, he started doing music, he became involved over the years, and uh, we saw that grow, and had the, God open the doors up to record music, uh, do several albums uh, of worship music, uh, several albums in this uh, Thai style of music that we do as well, and uh, Aka music now, so uh, yeah, it was God totally, I didn't, it wasn't a planned thing, I didn't come here to do worship music but God opened the doors so and he used the passion that you already had with music yeah it's yeah. something I That's like really people cool. to understand I just like to point out I do it I try to point it out as much as possible you have the passions and talents you have for a reason yeah God is not the one that's telling you to stop doing what you like and go find something else that people say you must do like if you have passions and talents God gave them to you figure out how to use them Right. Yeah, it says in the Psalms that God gives us the desires of our heart, right? And that, you know, those passions and those uh, uh, things that you desire, they're, they're things God gave you uh, that you enjoy doing. He gave them to you because uh, when you do those things, 
uh, it fits in with your personality, it fits in with what you love, and you can be more effective with those things. So yeah, community, anything. You love kids, you do kids work, you love uh, administration, you can do administration and missions. It's very needed because people don't think that's a very cool thing in missions all the time, but without it, you're not gonna have a lot of stuff that goes on. Yeah. And uh, worship, whatever, there's a lot of different things. So. Yeah, nobody likes to do the paperwork. <laughs> some people do <laughs> but we got to give them that's the people we got support so they're there yeah, that's right us. we got to give those guys the problem because they're, they're the reason they're the reason we keep going mine yeah, was the, right. i grew up with a passion for motorcycles and racing and my first uh -huh. race i knew like this is where god has me because there's no god here but people at the <laughs> church said races are on sundays you need to give that up and be in church on sundays and I was uh -huh. like, but God gave me a heart for him and a heart for motorcycles, and there's nobody preaching there. Like, that's where <laughs> I was supposed to be. And right. so, I mean, I went, but, you know, there's a lot of people that don't. So, you know, encourage yeah. that. Use your passion and allow God to leave where he wants you. Yeah. Well, you yeah. said you've been in ministry there in Thailand for 27 years now? Yes. In, in Bangkok, that pretty much? Most of the time in Bangkok. We do ministry all over Thailand, though. We work in the northeast <laughs> and the north. Mm -hmm. predominantly in the north and northeast some in the south uh and central some but uh yeah Mostly so we, we work all over so yeah so you guys are producing your own worship music are you also translating music that's out there or is everything from scratch we uh our focus is on uh producing music that's written, written by in the language yeah. because there's lots of translation going on. You know, Hillsong to Bethel, that's like the cool thing we want to, you know, these are famous people and translate. But as we said before, a lot of times when you translate, uh, you lose the meanings. They dumb it down. The idioms don't work a lot of times, the way you say things. And it's okay, but when you write in your own language, you know, uh, a lot of times when we're doing worship and uh, you could be singing a translated song, if you start singing a song that's written in the language in Thai, it's just like the sound like goes up another level. Yeah. And the people, it's just, it's the way it's they sing. culture. Culture. Yeah. Yeah. culture yeah. 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 It's from their hearts. Yeah. Not language. There's a lot of people that don't understand that, especially if you only speak one language. <clears throat> they yeah. may not completely understand. But since we were actually, we lived in Thailand for a while. We know not a lot, but we know some Thai. But the structure yeah. was completely backwards. So yeah. a lot of yeah. people, you know, especially like um, I know in America, they think when they translate a sentence, it's like, here's the words of the sentence. If I just translate each word, then it will mean the same yeah. thing in their language. And we learned being there that that is not the case. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to think that way too before I came to town. I thought, it's just, you're just, you know, I used to think, well, culture, you know, it's always, it's the same everywhere. You just speak a different language. I even thought that, you know. Then I got to Australia for my DTS, and even though they speak English, it was like, these people do not think like I think, you know, it's like, it's a different culture, you know, yeah. it's, it's fun, you know, when you learn it, but yeah, both the language and the culture are different, you know, and the way that they would worship what comes from their hearts, you know, it's really interesting. So, yeah, so it's very, very important. We've already had one person ask us if we were going to be able to do our interviews in Spanish because they're <laughs> like, we want to hear all this, but we're in a Spanish speaking country. And I'm like, Let's go one step at a time. <laughs> I think we'll get there, but we're going to need some Spanish people yeah. to, to work that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, for sure. For sure, we yeah. Actually, we good. actually have one, Span uh, one person that speaks Spanish on our team right now, so we can do 
if we get people that only speak Spanish, we can still interview them and get those up. So people will have to do that in Thailand too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's fun. So um, I know we met, or well, one of the times that we got together was we went all the way up into Burma, Myanmar, which is the country north of Thailand. And we did a big, um, you know, a three-day camp for people that came walking in for that. Now, tell us, like, because I know that's stuff that you do all over the place. So what did that entail for you guys? Was it loading up all of your stuff and you drove all the way up there and everything, right? Right. Uh, We have to get – that was actually quite complicated. Uh, We had to – get our equipment and this, and we wouldn't do this when we're in Thailand, but we had to get our equipment. We had to get permission. We had to get a, like a, we brought our equipment there. list of our equipment to, to, and we had to get ready and send letters ahead of time to tell them what we would have and would be bringing into the country. So they would be prepared to let us in. So when we got there, they had to go through it all. They take us to the other side and then, and then there was, we could take it in. And when we came back, we had to do the same thing to prove we hadn't, bought anything there to come sell in Thailand or well, we was our, anything right. out to sale. So it was a little, that was a little bit different. And then once we got there, the area that we went into, it was uh, recently opened. It had before been a, a, a area that uh, one of the, the in, in Burma, you have several groups that are against the main government. So they had their own armies. They have their own, uh, that they don't and so at one point they weren't letting the Burmese in so even that had only been opened in, in a few months or in the year before that it's part of the Shan state you may have heard the Shan state so actually they speak Thai yeah actually that it used to be Thailand, Thailand that, so, that land so <laughs> but then we went up and it, this is another really different thing about the trip we led worship at an Akka camp and then the Akka people there did spoke very little Thai so we had an Akka friend of ours which we had some of his music he had written and some of the songs that were written in Burmese and we learned the music and he sang and uh, he led the worship, but we just accompanied him and to let him do the Akka music and the Burmese music that the Akas spoke Burmese there. And it was interesting. It was a lot of fun and uh, yeah. God. Yeah. But that's our heart. You know, we was, we're encouraging him and his music and Akka, even though we didn't speak it, we didn't know where he was saying on stage. God was moving. That's but yeah, God, he's a great worship leader. I mean, you were there. And so, you yep. know, it's, it's a really great worship time. So yeah. we saw the kids and those kids up there was like, those kids have never seen a worship band probably in their lives. <laughs> they only do him. They only do him <laughs> with a piano. I mean, it was like a really drastic change for them. Actually, and, you know, the band driver that drove us there, they're Christian, but they're quite, quite young Christian. They all sing worship God, you know, their hand was up mm-hmm. and all, everybody in the room just sing. Yeah, the songs yeah I remember. That. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was quite, yeah. So that was really neat being in that, just the whole thing, you know, being a place they never heard and being able to worship. Actually, in that some manner. of the team too, the, uh, like. Oh, even the team that the team. came, yeah, from. Uh, they, they, some of them not Christian. From the high school, it was a high school team that came and actually yeah. set it up, and that we got you and you and uh, Andrea yeah, got to go we with. We tagged us. along. But the, some of those guys weren't even Christians. They became Christians while they were there. Yeah, they they're from a Christian high school, so they they. Uh, they uh, they obviously they were mostly Christian, but a few of them weren't. And they got really really touched by the completely different language, but seeing all the young people there from very poor young people that. Uh, had never been able to do anything like that. So that was a lot of fun, yeah. That was a very special trip that we yeah. got open the doors for us to go, so. 
then y'all happen to be there. So yep, and we and we were lucky enough to be a part. We know we talked to yeah. some people that so they walked for three days to get there. They just wow. They I see, I didn't from, that yep, they yeah. walked from all over because they knew that you know this big group was coming with the worship band and with the the school you know with all this stuff and we had our girls there arbor turned eight months old there in burma yeah. <laughs> so she was little you're talking about them not seeing much we had two blonde hair blue-eyed babies in burma <laughs> they'd never seen white people and then to see little ones with blonde and blue we were popping yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were it's almost like you got to get them away sometimes yeah, you can take them to hide them a little bit but yeah, it was awesome. There was like 300 people packed in a little room, hands in the air, just worshiping the whole time. Music is- oh, well, there's, over, there's over 400. Well, oh, yeah. including including the teams and everything, probably 400, almost yeah, 400. But just the kids, like 300 something, yeah. Because I remember we were standing on the platform outside the building and people were like <laughs> watching through the windows too. It was so packed. And, Correct. But you know, like music is huge. You know, like you said, it's, it's like, I think I've heard you say this before. It's like the song of our hearts, right? It's how we worship yeah. and how we sing. Yeah. And so it's it's super cool the way you guys are doing that and being a part of it. Well, you know, uh, I always say, you know, when we go to heaven, you know, you won't have preaching. You won't have teaching. You won't need it. We'll know him as he worship, knows us, right? But singing. you'll have singing and worship all the time. So it's like, you know, God created music. You know, what we see when we see people in secular concerts and getting so excited that music has a power in the spiritual realm and that's what it's touching them down deep you know and, and unfortunately the you know much of the music of the world is pulling them in a direction away from god but you know we we love seeing how worship can draw people to god and uh, bring healing and and you know bring people to to accept him you know to follow him and uh, plus bring them closer to him so yeah it's very powerful you know yeah. So let's um, give, I like to end the episodes by getting a God story or a God sedence that people wouldn't hear about unless they happen to run into you and they met you somewhere and started talking about stories. So give me a God story. Okay. I have a good one. Uh, so one time, this was several years ago. It's probably, I mean, it may have even been 15 years ago. It was the first time we ever did worship at an Aka uh, camp. And so it was the first time for us to meet Aka people and, uh, it's kind of how our relationship started with Aka Hill Tribe. They're up in North in Chiang Rai. And uh, so when we were there, we went to stay. We stayed at the couple's house that was head of the ministry. And the wife is from America. She's from Denver. And she actually was friends of friends of mine in Denver, which was just, that was really unusual anyway. But the, right next to their house was this huge Buddhist temple. And so the next morning I was running and, and I was I was praying. There's kind of rice fields all around so i was running out in the rice field and i was praying and i came back and i was just praying i start praying against the temple and say god you know i just come against the the powers of darkness uh, from this place you know bring the, the people here the type people to know you and stuff so where the camp was was across the there was kind of about maybe a half mile away was where the camp was at and uh so during the day uh the wife her name's nancy she was at home with her baby. They had a little baby. He was only a year old or something. He was very small. And uh, she could hear the worship over there. Right there. So she's listening, you know, listening. All of a sudden, she heard this huge noise, like this so loud. And she's like, what's that, you know? And the roof of the temple fell in <laughs> while we were worshiping. 
<laughs> and she's like, and nobody got hurt, but it was just like, and I said, no way. So, you know, it's like, are we raising up the, and I, not because of my prayer, but I mean, I did, I prayed specifically to come against that. And yeah, the roof of the temple fell in. So I, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> kind of a, Some people thing. say coincidence. We say Godcidence. <laughs> yeah, right. Are you worshiping it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, you're worshiping, you're praying for it, and it happens. I mean, let's just yeah. say that's what it was. <laughs> Oh yeah, so that that was a pretty cool story. Uh, so cool, very cool. cool. Well, well, um, I think we'll wrap it up for this one because I know we're going to do a whole nother episode and dig into Dan's story as well. And um, so, thanks for being on and giving us your time. Okay, thanks for having us, Aaron. We're excited yep. to be a part of your ministry. Thank you. Yep, sounds good. Sounds good. It was fun catching up and talking to you too. So we'll see everybody on the next episode. Thanks for watching. Make sure you subscribe. Hey, thank you for your time. Please remember to rate and subscribe. After being a full-time missionary, I got tired of people looking at me like it must be really hard to do what you do. And they'd say things like, I'd love to be able to do something like that, but insert excuse. When the real reason was because they saw what we were doing as a sacrifice. That to do missions work, they would have to give up everything that quite honestly was forcing them to do things they didn't like for people they couldn't stand so they could afford things that they didn't need. The truth is, as full-time missionaries, it was one of the few times in my life when I was truly fulfilled. It was the closest to God I'd ever been. Debt-free, not stressed, and living the life of an adventure I'd always wanted. If you too believe that it's time for a change, then head over to watchmissionslive.com and join the revolution.